This episode of Let Them Eat Cake Podcast is brought to you by Chair Couture Nola. Chair Couture is a luxury chair rental company that caters to weddings and events, servicing New Orleans and surrounding areas. Add a taste of luxury to your wedding or event. Unbeatable style at unbeatable prices. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Fresh Johnson hanging out with you for another episode of Let Them Eat Cake Podcast. And today I want to talk about something that, I mean, we could literally talk about this all day, y'all. The freaking RSVP. All right, so RSVP stands for something French that I don't know how to pronounce, so I'm like not going to do it. But I did make my own definition. So apparently, a RSVP is the hardest task for any human who has ever been invited anywhere to complete. And you ask yourself, okay, well, what makes the RSVP process so stressful? And my answer is your cousins. Now, not literally your cousins. This can be family elders, because we all know that they don't like to listen to anybody, or your uncle who's telling everyone but you that he's bringing his uninvited girlfriend despite you saying no. And also terrible humans with slacker qualities in general, right? So what I tell people, you know, ahead of time, I tell my clients, yo, there are gonna be some tasks that no matter how good of a planner I am, they will be hard for you. And one of those things is the RSVP process. That along with hotel blocks and booking a makeup artist, but that's another day, <laughs> another podcast. But this RSVP situation, it requires constant attention. And it spills over into so many other areas, you know, like it could be the hold up with your budget because you have to have that solid number to know, okay, well, I can give or take a few more tables. And when you give or take a few more tables, you got to give or take a few more linens. And when you give or take a few more linens, then what are you going to put on top of the table? So that's messing with your centerpieces as well. And not to mention, a lot of times you're paying by the head with the venue so they need to know before their cutoff date, you know, you're paying by the head with the bar and your caterer. So not having your final kind of RSVPs, it can literally make or break you in the end. And it's hard for the planner to jump in and say, okay, I'll man this, I got you, because we could have a great system. Like I have a great system to manage guest lists and stuff, but when it comes down to like following up and chasing those people, the responses you get are like wishy-washy because they don't know us. So they don't have a reason to, you know, speedily respond to me or give me an answer because they're like, I don't have to, you know, respond to her. So backing it up a little bit, the process itself is simple. Like what you have to do is not typically hard. You mail your invites out, you know, I feel like picking your invites harder than anything but you mail your invites out and you include your RSVP deadline but sidebar is very important that you be considerate of weddings with lots of travelers because they'll need more time because these people are booking hotel rooms you know they're booking flights and a lot of times they're not traveling by themselves you know especially if they're traveling with kids that could get expensive so you want to give them as much lead time as possible but then also you know for your single friends they're trying to figure out who they date gonna be or <laughs> they're trying to figure out who their little boo gonna be around the time of your wedding so they have to map that out too so it's kind of like these little clauses for everybody when you're making that deadline but i always say 
if possible, make your deadline at least a month before your wedding. That way you're giving yourself 30 days because a lot of venues and, you know, a lot of vendors where the headcount is a thing, they just require a week, two weeks max for you to, except for the floors. So floors is a different animal, but we'll talk about that another time as well. But you definitely want to make sure that you give yourself enough time. I like to tell my clients at the 30-day mark, I'm like done with them. They're just relaxing, waiting on the wedding to come. Whereas on the flip side, I'm hashing out those final details with vendors. So if you're my client and you want to enjoy that 30 days of rested relaxation before you have to show up and get married, then yeah, you definitely want to make sure those RSVPs are in, final, it's all on me after that with the responses that's where it begins to get tricky at because one or two things is going to happen all right they're gonna one ignore you or two (laughs) that's my favorite they're gonna rsvp for people who are not invited and for those that are ignoring you they're not ignoring you because they're not coming to the wedding they're coming and they just have bad manners and not only are they asses coming but they're probably bringing somebody who was not invited. So when it comes down to those who are actually RSVPing for their uninvited guests, what they're gonna do is they're gonna just fill out that little information as if their friends, their flavor of the week, their cousins were invited and expect you to just roll with it. So as the person getting married or the person paying for this, you kind of feel played because you're thinking, yo, I'm paying X amount per person. You know, depending on how hard you're going with this budget, you could be paying up to $100 per person. So you think I'm about to do that for your friend because you don't want to come to my wedding and be quote unquote by yourself? Like, that's rude. It's not fair. It's not good business. So I had a wedding earlier this summer and we gave people the option to RSVP from the website. And so, you know, I had some people that would do RSVP for three extra people, RSVP for four extra. And a client would tell me, no, that's cool. That's that's still containable. That's manageable. Boom. The day somebody RSVP for 26 people, I was done, right? And then I had another couple where they sent out the RSVP cards, the postage was already handled, and all right, cool, we ready to roll. People had the nerve to literally scratch out the number that she had filled in, you know, to cover the people that she was inviting in that household or within that family or within that group. They were scratching that out and adding their own people to it. So these are the kind of things that you have to be aware of because these are the kind of things that people do. And some people do these things not thinking that they're doing anything wrong. But seriously, you have people that do these things intentionally because one, they think you're not going to tell them nothing. And two, they think they're justified for whatever reason. Oh, you had a flat tire one day and I came save you. Or, oh, I kept all your secrets when we were growing up. Or, oh, you came through my line at the store and didn't have a receipt and I returned your stuff and gave you cash back. Like, people will hold the craziest things over your head when it comes to your wedding and them wanting to bring who they want to bring to it. So there are some solutions. There is a way. It still won't be easy, but it'll get the job done and save you a lot of money. So if you have a hard cutoff and really can't pack the place out, or if you're really just not down for the disrespect, have a checkpoint at the door. 
you know, you get your planner to staff a few extra people. And my advice is for it to never be family. Because if you have a checkpoint set up and it's family, they're going to still swindle their way in because, you know, it's going to always be somebody like your little cousin or your little niece. You think they're going to tell Aunt Dolly, huh, and her girlfriends can't get in your wedding? No, it's not going to happen. So I always suggest it be staff of the planner or some people you get just for the day of to handle that. But I got to tell you why it's tricky and how it often becomes a waste. So I've had weddings where we've had, you know, word going around family that such and such was crashing or, you know, we're just going around circles of friends that X amount of people that weren't invited said that they were coming anyway. So we would set up checkpoints at the door and have a guest list. And I would be told, you keep this guest list very strict. You know, don't let anybody in if their name isn't on the list. They didn't RSVP. They didn't take this seriously. Boom. Well, it becomes a waste because the first person that, you know, try to bombard their way in because they want to say, oh, well, go call the grandma or go call the mama. I'm such and such. And, you know, they give me all these reasons why the wedding can't go on or the reception can't go on. And then, of course, at that point, the family and the couple, they are happy because, ah, we just got married, best day of my life. And they say, let them in. So not only did you waste the resources, you know, of having extra staff on hand to do that, but you also wasted my time. Okay, you wasted any planner's time. So it's important to know that if you do say, I'm going to go the checkpoint route, you have got to have your planners back. So also on the subject of the checkpoints, when you have a big wedding, it gets backed up. So even if you have two people checking off of two separate guest lists and think that everybody is getting there essentially at the same time, if they're coming straight from the ceremony, then it's going to get pretty crowded at the door. And it's kind of not fair to the people that did what they were supposed to do on RSVP, especially in your southern cities where it's hot. Think of, and this is my New Orleans folks, think of it being August and you're at a wedding and it's not a place where you get in first like the checkpoint will be at the door you know it's not a place with a big foyer area where you can move that line inside y'all outside sweating bricks and y'all good clothes and y'all not happy about that and the worst thing you want to do is piss somebody off at your wedding because they will talk about you let me tell you i've heard the most bizarre things at weddings just listening to people say these terrible things about friends and family who they're supposed to be there celebrating like it's actually kind of sick it's heartbreaking too i've gone in the bathroom and cried before from hearing some of the things these people that you think are very happy for you come to your wedding to see and say so another suggestion or another solution is to have a clear RSVP date, all right? So you want to make sure that it's the focal point of the invitation. I can't tell you how many times I've had people, you know, telling me stories about the RSVP and, you know, reasons why people don't RSVP. And they would say that, oh, I didn't know it had to be in by a certain date. Or they would just assume, well, I got the invitation, so they got a spot for me, whatever. Make the date a thing and be strict on it because if you're not, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass after, let me just tell you. 
And so another thing to keep in mind is that some people may not even understand what RSVP means. So it's important that you choose your word. And it's not trying to down anybody or, you know, for lack of understanding, some people just don't know. You know, I joke all the time. I never get invited to weddings. If I wasn't a wedding planner, there's so much about the wedding process and wedding etiquette and wedding things that I just would not know because I don't get invited to weddings even before I was a planner. Well, maybe, well, I'm not going to say that because I was young when I started, but people don't be trying to have me come into their weddings as a guest. So it's important that you choose your words. Say things like, please respond by, or you can say things like, the favor of your reply is requested by and like make it fancy when you spell favor spell it f-a-v-o-u-r so you know like i'm holding my pinky out right now so they'll hold their pinky out when they're you know closing the envelope or whatever another solution to the rsvp shenanigans is to incorporate various ways to rsvp because we all know that life with options is way better right email Email is amazing. I've done it a few times. I'm a fan of it. It works. Some etiquette snobs say that weddings are too important to do it online. But clearly, they've never got married before. Like, people that have got married will tell you, you want to do whatever it is that's going to make it easy for you in the long run. And one of those things is allowing guests to RSVP via email. And I'm a nice planner. I tell a couple, hey, Make an email address that you're only going to use for these weddings. Give me the password and let me monitor it. And in the event that, you know, people are RSVPing for the whole Rihanna Navy, then, yeah, I'll reach out to you and tell you to look into it. But other than that, I got it because I could boop, load it into our planner and mark accept, decline or whatever. And we're rolling, you know. Most people are in email mode daily, so it's not like a thing that they have to stop and do because some people feel like having to walk to the mailbox is the most tedious thing in the world. Like it takes up a big chunk of their day. So being that a lot of people are on their phones or on their computers throughout the day, it helps and you know, they're, they're sending it to you in real time and then you're able to check it out in real time too and respond quickly if you have somebody trying to pull a fast one on you. Another thing that I've dealt with before as far as the different ways you can RSVP is via telephone. Now I'll be honest with you, the last couple I had where we did this by telephone, that shit will never happen again. I'm never doing it, not with my phone number, but if you have somebody with amazing phone voice skills patience (laughs) all that yeah let them be the phone number that you put on there so i would literally have people calling my phone all hours of the night to rsvp for this wedding and not only that they would call me and ask me the most random questions about the wedding and of course they would call me and ask me could they bring such and such so a lady called it had to be around 11 30 she was aunt somebody i'm not gonna say her real name you know protecting the innocent or whatever so i was like cool i got your mark down i had the actual guest list so i was able to you know like cross reference i see her name on the list she's good so then she was like well aunt so-and-so want to come but she didn't get an invitation well ma'am she's not invited but for some reason this woman wasn't understanding that 
So the next thing I knew, 20 minutes later, we on the phone talking about the family tree and why it's after that aunt so-and-so wasn't invited. So you can definitely have the phone RSVP as an option, but be aware, you might not want to give people that kind of access to you. Another great way to RSVP, and it is also electronic, is via wedding website. Wedding websites are becoming more common and they're getting even easier to design. I tell people it's a great way to put information online that will lessen the things that people are hitting you up asking you, right? So you definitely want to do that if you can. And what happens is those RSVPs are going to go to the email address you directed to. In some cases, that has been my email address and it's all good. It worked out, you know, still cross-referencing, still calling the client if I see something that's a little weird and boom. We was good. So something new that I actually haven't put into action yet, but I will be in a couple of weeks for another wedding is the wristbands. Okay, so the scenario with this wedding is it is all out of town. It's happening in New Orleans, but it's all out of towners coming in. The bride is from Nashville. The groom is from upstate New York. There's literally nobody based in New Orleans coming, right? So all of the gift bags that are at the hotels are gonna have wristbands inside of them. So when you get to your hotel, you get your bag, you have your wristband for you and the guests in your party that were invited. And by them having those wristbands already, that will alleviate the crowding, you know, the crowding of the door because it's not like we have to check names and then give a wristband. So with this wedding, the the bride is from a very prominent family in Nashville. Groom is into real estate, New York, and their wedding is one of the first weddings that was booked at this new venue that we have. There was an article written and published in Tennessee about this couple and about their wedding. So even family, you know, kind of distant family or friends that weren't invited, they see this article and they're like, well, damn, we going to New Orleans. And I remember when she told me that, I was like, but nobody's coming all the way to New Orleans to crash. And she was like, yeah, <laughs> they are coming all the way to New Orleans to crash. So I'll be sure to give y'all a little tidbit. I'll probably update it on a blog post um, on a website and tell you how that goes. But I'm a believer. And I think it only works when everybody's coming from out of town. So this will be great for like a destination wedding, not necessarily a destination wedding out of the country, because I don't think anybody would crash a wedding out of the country, but then you never know. So another tip I have is to never leave blank spaces. All right, be clear with people on how many guests they can bring. You have to decide whether your homegirl can bring her new boo. You have to decide whether your homeboy can bring his flavor of the week. These are things you got to talk out because if you leave room for people to assume, they will. And they're going to try to max out on it. Then you're going to be in an position because you may not be able to have that extra guest. You know, think about you have 20 friends that you're inviting. All 20 of those people bring a date or a friend. You just doubled it to 40 people. I was a little slow just now. I had to really count that in my head. But yeah, so you just doubled it to 40 people. And if you're paying $80 a person for 20 extra people, that's like whatever that is. You know, whatever that adds up to. I'm going to let y'all, somebody with a calculator, take care of that for me. And you may not be in a position to incur that cost. 
something that happened that was totally funny to me. One of my homegirls was getting married, and one of our other friends, you know, we all got invited to the wedding. Our homegirl had just started dating this guy. And I mean, I knew they knew it was serious, but the friend that was getting married didn't really know how serious it was. So she assumed that she can bring him. So she RSVP for him. And <laughs> her mama went on Facebook and was like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, that RSVP, that invitation for the wedding, that was just for you. Essentially telling her, you can't bring your little boyfriend because we don't know him. And as hilarious as it was, we still laugh about it to this day. That's real. You know, ain't nobody got time to be paying for all these extra people. So with your single friends, it's important to be clear with them. You know, if you're dating somebody that I know or that's been around a while, then yeah, I might let you bring a date. If y'all are engaged, of course. But it's just, it gets expensive when you're letting everybody bring a date or uh, a guest in general. You know, I know a lot of times with young women, if they're not bringing a date, they'll invite one of their girls to come just so they won't, you know, feel like they're by themselves because not every wedding you go to is going to be a wedding where you know everybody, right? So those are just some things to consider. And also it's important to give people time. And this is what Save the Dates come in handy at. So what I've noticed since college, you know, my friends who have gotten married, a lot of time they are inviting people that we went to school with and we're all in different cities now so getting that saved the date is very very essential so that's giving me the heads up hey such and such is getting married it's even better when there's hotel information too so you could get in on that good group block rate while you can and you're good you know it's kind of weird when the invitation just pops up and it's for out-of-town wedding my head just goes to why well, they really didn't want me to come anyway because they're not giving me time to plan and make travel arrangements. You know, sometimes I would need more than eight weeks. And eight weeks is a suggested time to send out invitations, six to eight weeks. But if I'm having to travel for a wedding, definitely need that save the date. And again, that's just a, a small courtesy that you give to people that are traveling as well as people that are traveling with kids. And families, Lord, it's, exp it's expensive to take a family out to eat. So just imagine how expensive it is if you have to get on a plane or, you know, rent a vehicle and get on a highway. It's just too much. And here's another thing. It's a no-brainer, but I still feel like it has to be said. Be sure to include postage on return cards. Do not be foolish and think that folks are about to get up and buy stamps. This is so important. I've actually had experiences where couples would send out their invitations and wonder why they were getting zero response. Well, that's because you didn't include a stamp. People want to be able to check yes or check no or food selections or whatever it is you have to handle in this RSVP card, stick it in the envelope, throw it in the mail. And that's as simple as you want to keep it. You don't want to have to put people in a position to get up and go buy a stamp because they won't. And then you're going to be mad because you're not going to know how many people coming to your wedding. And so the next thing is simple is grow a pair. You need balls to be able to handle your people in regards to this RSVP life. There's no reason at the 30 day mark 
that someone doesn't know if they're coming to your wedding unless they're super pregnant or active duty military. So people who call the week of your wedding saying that they're coming, they're not your friends. They were raised by wolves and they have no cooth. Not to mention the week of your wedding, the last thing you're worried about is trying to add and take names from these guest lists at the last minute. It's just, it's not cool. It's actually kind of annoying. So be real with them and tell them that their spot has already been given away. I'm starting to see more and more now that couples have B lists in addition to their main list. So as they find out that people aren't coming, they're able to fill in those slots with their second string. And nothing's wrong with that. Don't ever feel a kind of way if you have a second string wedding list. Or if you find out that you're on a second string wedding list. This shit is expensive. And be real. Are you really this close with this person to be in your feelings about being on their second string? You should get over it. So I think one of the most important takeaways from all of this is just to seriously think it out. Be honest with yourself regarding your venue and what you can max out at versus how many people you invite. So the typical math is that you get about 20 to 30% of your invited guests will decline. But don't bank on that and get a small venue, all right? Especially if you're popular because if more than what that space can hold actually shows up people will talk about you for having a hot box wedding that is the one thing you never want to have and i'll be the first to tell you that it always works out you're going to have food you're going to have alcohol you know people are going to enjoy themselves but it's a stressful situation to get to that fun point but once they get enough drinks in them they'll be all right they won't realize how much they're sweating and they'll have a good time i do know that it adds a little extra worry to the planning process or to the tail end of that planning process and we don't want worry right never so at the end of the day none of this could work at all every wedding is different every situation is different if you have a great planner half of the behind the scenes shit that's like going crazy you won't even know about it I never tell my clients about the crazy things until after. And then depending on what that is, sometimes I don't tell them at all. Because sometimes it be some real bogus, bizarre stuff. You know, stunts that people pull. But if you do your invitations right and, you know, you make a good system, you'll sleep better at night knowing that you did your part. And you'll have less slackers that you have to get information to. But I want to hear your RSVP woes, so make sure you share your story with me. You can email letthemeatcakepodcast at gmail.com or tag me on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and online at letthemeatcakepodcast.com. This episode of Let Them Eat Cake Podcast was brought to you by Chair Couture Nola. Email a call today for chairs that will surely charm any occasion. Visit them online at chaircouturenola.com and also connect on Instagram at chaircouturenola.